and welcome into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. I'm Ben Mandel, joined by Tom Leone, as this week we get into the Stanley Cup Final. The Vegas Golden Knights were able to expel the Dallas Stars in six games, despite taking that 3-0 series lead. Dallas was able to show some fight, but ultimately it was the Golden Knights, while Florida that train continues to roll after dominating the Leafs in round two, winning that in five games. They expelled the Carolina Hurricanes in just four games. Tom, right off the bat, just what were your thoughts on the conference finals? I know we talked about it last week, how it, they're really just we the schedule and the playoff format really just set up bad matchups. But Rob Brindamore came out and said that this really didn't feel like a true sweep to him because of how close all of the games were. Do you agree with him to an extent? But really, I think Florida was just the better team still. I I I couldn't believe he said those words. I get where I get where he was trying to go, but I think his delivery was just so poor. I think maybe if Brenda Moore cho- chose words more like, let's say we lost four games, they were the better team, but we ran into a powerhouse. They are rolling. We played them hard. Every game was close. A bounce here or there could have went the other way, but kudos to them. The fact that he said they got swept but really didn't get swept, like, come on. It was too much. It was he, he instead of getting giving credit to Florida where he kind of backtracked and did, at first it kind of made it, he, he made it seem like they got all the lucky bounces. They got all the luck to go their way, and that's why they won. And I, I didn't like that from him. It was a little sore loser-ish if you ask me for such a tough guy and such a dude, that's always so positive. And they're reaching the point though. I could tell the Carolina hurricanes they are reaching that point where it's like, okay, when is it going to happen? Right. When are they going to get over the hump? I could see it. I could see it being like the Islanders where, you know, Brenda Moore's out next year. If, if things don't go, don't go their way, because it's just like, you've had plenty of time, you know, like Barry Trotz had and, and, and um, uh, Capuano had, you know, it might just be the time for them, but I digress. Let me go back to what these conference finals are. Last week, I thought that the Hurricanes would take Florida to six and that Vegas would mop up Dallas quicker. It was reversed, so I was completely wrong on that. But overall, the the Florida-Carolina series, I'm really looking forward to see Florida in the final. I'll touch more on Dallas-Vegas. That actually turned into a really, really good series. I was a little ashamed that game six was such a blowout. It was once again... Vegas asserting their dominance, being the better team. Dallas might not have been. They might have re- reached the end of of where their season should have gone uh, based on who they got in the second round. Um, so, yeah, I, I was impressed with Dallas's fight. I think Jamie Benn, hey, what were they? Uh, ben, correct me if I'm wrong. They were, what, 4-0 without Jamie Benn and 0-2 with him um, in the lineup. Maybe they should have kept them out. But uh, this, this Stanley Cup final is going to be great. I think you have two teams that, based on how they played in the playoffs, are very deserving to be there. And they've been the most consistent throughout the playoffs on both sides. And I, I, I'm expecting a lot of goals. I don't know why. I'm expecting a lot of goals in all in all these games, and I'm expecting a lot of back and forth. So, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's fair to say that you expect a lot of goals, especially when you look at the firepower that these teams bring offensively. And while, yes, Vegas is a defensive style, Florida will grind. Vegas hasn't had to play a four-checking tough team like the Florida Panthers. I think the East has a majority of them, while the West has a lot of those wide-open teams. So Vegas is going to get a taste of their own medicine here. So 
I do think it's fair to assume a lot of goals, even though Bobrovsky has been amazing, because what do you expect out of Aiden Hill when you are going to see, you know, the pressure he's about to see? I know he was able to hold up to it against Dallas, but it is different. They are still a transition rush team and try to create that way. This team, this Florida team is going to cycle. They're going to beat Throw you pucks up. on net. <laughs> exactly. And Radko yep. Gudis is going to muck it up. They are not afraid to get dirty and get to the dirty areas. And even when you try to take the middle away, like Carolina tried to, Matthew Kachuk showed he'll still get there, whether it takes four overtimes or 10 <laughs> seconds in overtime. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, and, and and when you really look at these two teams and you look at their route to the Stanley Cup final, you are you nail it on the head. Florida has played a lot more tougher teams than than uh Vegas. I would say the closest thing, you know, a closest team that Carolina's faced with that transition. I mean Carolina, Florida, excuse me, has faced was was Toronto. Toronto's not that big heavy team. Uh but I would even you know argue that that they are heavier and they play a heavier game than any team that Vegas ran into on, on the West side. So yeah, I, I think Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers are destined. That's why I think they win this series. And he's a big reason why I think he's the, you know, the front runner for con Smythe. If Florida wins, he's going to win the con Smythe. I know people can argue that it should be Bobrovsky, but he, Matthew Kachuk is the engine that runs that Florida Panthers team. And Bobrovsky is the rock that sits back there and makes, has made every save when they needed it, when the team gets too aggressive if that makes sense florida kind of catches themselves you know too far in the other end get caught and barofsky makes a big save or you know in any playoff game there's always a period of time where the other team given any scenario is coming back on you you need your goalie to stand strong every time barofsky's answered the call yeah and i have to say he has to be the con smith winner in my opinion for that exact reason uh, I mean, you're facing a 3-1 deficit. Bobrovsky comes in, and they've only lost, what, one game since then? <laughs> that's it's true. Like, that's like, true. I, the guy, they haven't lost with him on the ice, and that's why I think he has to win the award. He has been so good, so pivotal. Matthew Kachuk was on the ice those first four games against Boston. Sergei Bobrovsky was not. And that is when things turned around, and that's when we started to see this Florida team. I know Florida played well in those games, but they still didn't win. And that was yeah. because they didn't have Bob and that. That's true. And to your point, if, you know, two hockey guys like us talking, you know, you could you could probably sway my opinion and say, you know what? You're right. Bobrovsky should win the con Smythe. I think the NHL really wants to run with Matthew Gachuk as their poster. Or, you know, I think, you know, he's been on TNT and, and the NBA. I think if Florida wins the cup, they're going to give it to him, make him one of the faces of the NHL, really run with his personality, the family, the dad's funny when he's in the crowd. Uh, Brady and Matt, they really root for each other. They're in the same conference, potentially, you know, playoff matchups in the future. I really think that Chuck family could be sort of what the Sedins were, but maybe on a big stage uh not playing with each other obviously but just just the family itself and that name and the personalities they could run with that's why I'm, i kind of lean towards if florida wins it it's going to be kachuk not to mention all of his overtime heroics and how he's always just you know what florida's style and what florida's identity is starts with matthew kachuk that's another reason you know my hockey reason for it but my by not my bias but my um marketing mind my marketing sales brain goes 
Kachuk's the guy you got to give the cons money to if Florida wins it for just a straight up superstar in the league that little kids will want to watch mirror their games against and just, you know, get those clicks and get those ratings. So certainly, certainly Kachuk is the star of the future. It's not Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, uh, you can argue he may not even be the number one goaltender going into next season. I mean, it's not going to be Lyon, but I can't believe that they've given up on Spencer Knight. And while that contract has now officially become worth it for the Florida Panthers, you know, he's not the future. You know, he's an older guy who's put together a magical run. We've seen him do it a few times before, but, you know, this this is what you get out of him. Inconsistent, maybe once every few years, he puts together a performance like this and a run like this. This is what he has done when he goes out, wins the Vesna, and then has three years of just being a traffic cone and net. Like, that's (laughs) mind-boggling to me, actually. But he is the most inconsistent good goaltender I've ever seen. And yeah. that's the only way I can describe it. He's up there with Ben Bishop. Yeah, and yeah, I th- I think well, in my uh, I mind, would agree. The I, only difference is, you know, Ben Bishop didn't do like Bobrovsky's come back and done it now like three or four times. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Ben Bishop, Bishop was like terrible. Times. Bishop was like terrible, then good for four straight years, then terrible, then like good for a year or two, and then just fell off the face of the earth. Well, then he got um, hurt and was never the same. Exactly. But, but when you look at Kachuk winning the con Smythe, yes, there is certainly that aspect to it that, you know, they are, the NHL is shifting. You know, the guys like Crosby, the guys like Ovechkin, Malkin, they're starting to retire. They're getting older. They're no longer the premier guys in the league. Their they're passing the, the playoffs. Yep. Exactly. They're passing the torch to the Matthew Kachucks. You know, the Kachuk family and the Hughes family, two American-born families with multiple siblings in the league. I think the league is trying to push a rivalry between the Hugheses and the Kachucks at some point eventually. It's just such Especially... a shame that they fell in small markets. <laughs> well, <laughs> the and... NHL could do a do-over. They probably rigged some lottery balls to make sure that they end up in bigger markets. But, hey, it, it didn't stop the growth of the NBA, right? The NBA now doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether you're in New York or you're in Minnesota. If a player wants to go there, it's going to – the league will market itself. That's what the NHL needs to get to. And to your point, getting families and, and star players wherever they are and marketing them the correct way, that's what happens. I couldn't agree more. Now, to really dive into this matchup, let's just kind of match it up and bracket it here. We're going to go through the forwards. We're going to go through the defensemen. We're going to go through special teams and then goaltending and kind of just decide where the advantages are. So okay. I'll run through Vegas's lines. We've got top line of Eichel, Barbashev, and Marcia Show. The second line of Stevenson, Howden, and Stone. Third line, Carlson, Amadio, and Smith. And the fourth line of Nicholas Roy, Keegan Colasar, and Will Carrier. For the Florida Panthers, you go and you see the top line of Alexander, Sasha Barkov with Carter Verhage and Anthony DeClaire, Sam Bennett with Matthew Kachuk and Nick Cousins on the second line, E2 Lusterainen, Anton Lundell, and Sam Reinhardt on the third line, then one of the better fourth lines I've seen this postseason, in my opinion, Eric Stahl, Ryan Lomberg, and Colin White, guys that not only take care of things on their own side, but they've been wrecking havoc on the offensive side of things. Vegas's fourth line, I thought, came to life in the Dallas series, but really outside of that, we didn't see 
them do too much against Edmonton. I thought, you know, I I'll be honest, I didn't pay too much attention to the Winnipeg series because that was just the most boring one to me. But when you look at <laughs> you know, the forward groups for this team, they're fairly similar in my opinion. I think Kachuk's better than Eichel. But, you know, having a guy like Mark Stone for Vegas really, really, I think, makes things even because I think Stone's better than Barkov, but Kachuk is better than Eichel. Those two cancel each other out, and the supporting casts around them are very eerily similar. I know. I was just thinking in my head, like, Marcia Soul and Reinhardt or, or Bennett kind of are this like the same uh Carrier kind of reminds me of Lomberg or Listerinen. I Yeah, it's just like weird. You're 100% right. I, I, I truthfully, though, because of the fourth line, and I think the, continu- the continuity of that second line and how big they've played and how many big goals they've gotten, I think I have to give the edge of the forward group to Florida, if I'm being honest, my opinion. I feel like Florida has the edge over, over Vegas forward group-wise. Yeah, look, I agree. I actually think offensively, it is an edge for Florida. Now, in terms of defending in their own end, I do give it to Vegas, but we're talking about offense and scoring. That edge goes to Florida. But yeah. we shift to the defensive side of things. For Florida, the top pairing is Gustav Forsling and Aaron Ackbled, Mark Stahl and Brandon Montour, and then Josh Mahara and Radko Gudis. For Vegas, you see the likes of Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo in the top pairing, Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore, then Nicholas Haig and Zach Whitecloud. I think this is hands <laughs> down Vegas. Close. It's not even close. I mean, anytime you're rolling a second unit with Mark Stahl on it, you can't win a defensive pairing battle. <laughs> I love it. And- listen, I, I'm a, I'm a, Diehard Ranger fan. Mark Stahl was one of my favorite Rangers growing up, but Mark Mark Stahl was also my favorite Ranger in 2012. It's 2023, so that's telling something. He's been great this playoffs. I've been impressed, but he is a log on the ice. He he could be exploited in certain matchups, which I'm well, sure and I also do. do not like Mahura and Gudis. I think yeah, Gudis, oh yeah, yeah. Gudis, yeah, Gudis, Gudis does like what he does. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Gudis does what he does, but he's not very good defensively. He'll make some plays here and there, occasionally get a goal. I think yeah. Forsling is solid on the back end. Ekblad is really good. But Montour is, Theodore yeah. is probably as good of a second unit in the NHL. Well, and, I mean, I mean is, there, the is there a parent? No. I mean, you, you wonder why <laughs> Vegas was so locked down. Is there a better lockdown pair of defensemen than Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo? No, and then when you're and then to yeah, and then you're rolling out that second unit. It's like, oh, yeah, and then McNabb and Theodore get out there. So that's your top four. And then Nicholas Haig and Zach Whitecloud aren't slouches either. They can roll all six and have each of them play 20 minutes. It's insane. It's such Mm -hmm. an advantage. It's such an advantage when you know you look at some of the teams that have bowed out of the playoffs. They didn't they don't have the luxury of doing that. And they and they Mm -hmm. they didn't have the luxury of doing that. You know, my team, Fox has to play 26, 27 minutes in crunch time. Lingering, same thing. Or the Devils, Mm -hmm. you know, Hamilton's on the ice a ton. Graves and Marino Marino, were playing 25, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. And that and that wouldn't have been sustainable. I mean, uh, Carolina. Carolina's probably one of those other teams that can roll all six, but they're more offensive in my mind. Is why they roll all, all, all six when it gets in the crunch time in mm-hmm. the new defense. I feel like they roll their top pairs. You know, Slavin's on the ice a lot more. But, the, yeah, Vegas, you just – that's the reason why they're here because they are the perfect combination. They can play – they played a style in the West that other teams just could not keep up with. 
Well, exactly. And when you play that run and gun transition, open ice style of play that the West is, that's why Vegas has success with the defensemen that they have. They haven't needed a ton of offense. And their forwards are very good defensively. They are. They're so smart. And that's why Bruce Cassidy was the perfect coach to bring in. And then you pair it up with the fact that those defensemen make your offense better. They're not only good stay-at-home defensemen, but they're good at fueling the transition game and getting pucks out of the zone and getting your and springing your forwards out. Uh, Shea yep. Theodore, there's not many guys better. Same with Alex Petrangelo. Love the way Zach Whitecloud uh, moves the puck. Haig, we know what he can do. Like it's, they're it's so impressive, and they're they just so they're also so smart. They they mm-hmm. I, I every game I've watched Vegas play, they pinch at the right time. They know mm-hmm. when to get into the rush and into the offense. They know when to sit back a little more. They they even, they, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna even against Edmonton, you didn't see too many odd man rushes. That's yeah, why Edmonton yeah. didn't win. Yeah. They, they trusted their so, forecheck and their yeah. forwards in that series, and Dallas mm-hmm. they pushed a little more because they knew they could, and and. I'm curious to see the game plan Cassidy and the D and the D group. Cause I think as I made the point earlier where Kachuk kind of fuels, fuels Florida, right. And Bobrovsky to your point, mm-hmm. I want to see how Cassidy and they, they roll out their D pairs and how much they want their D men to push offensively, or if they feel like their forward groups can generate enough offense and forechecking to prevent those odd man rushes in that fast style that Florida can get you on your toes. I'm, I'm curious. I think, Vegas might play this series similar to Edmonton, but just need to be a little more heavier in their forechecking rather than as open as, you know, Edmonton likes to play. Um, so I'm curious. Well, and if you can, if Mark Stone can play against Matthew Kachuk, that's a huge, huge advantage. And that'll, that'll play into Vegas's hands. They'll have the series because then it's like locking down Edmonton, but instead of having to worry about McDavid and Dreisaitl, you just have to worry about Kachuk. Markov is more of that defensive type player like Stone. He's likely going to draw Eichel. If I lose to Hagee, Reinhardt, or Bennett, I tip my cap. Exactly. exactly. I tip my cap. (laughs) Let's take a look at some of the special teams here. I'm just going to look at the top power play unit and penalty kill. So we'll do the Florida power play versus Vegas penalty kill top units right here. It's Sasha Barkov, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett as the forwards, Montour and Reinhardt as the two defensemen. We take a look at the first penalty kill unit for Vegas, William Carlson and Riley Smith, Braden McNabb, Alec Martinez. I have to say, I mean, and you heard, you know, the ESPN group talking about this, about the Dallas series. You cannot come into this series expecting to win on the power play, you no. will need to score five on five against Vegas. They're going to shut you down. Advantage Vegas. They what they did that in the Edmonton series and containing them just bruised that. I mean Dallas. I would watch Dallas's power play. And I'd be, this is a top five unit in the league. I mean it was it was embarrassing. <laughs> Some of the games, I was like, what is going on? I think in, in in three, four, and five, I think they had power plays early in the game where they could have taken a stranglehold in the game, and and Vegas got the momentum from it. It's one hundred percent Vegas advantage penalty kill. Yeah, I think Vegas, and they're a group that I don't think they have a set unit, but. They're as dangerous as anyone shorthanded. I know yep. we saw the shorthanded goals from the Carolina, New Jersey series, but William Carlson and Riley Smith are fast. They can fly. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, their second penalty kill unit, their forwards are Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, two of the fastest guys <laughs> and best offensive players on the team. It's so true. It's wild. 
definitely, definitely advantage Vegas there. Now we're noticing a trend. All the defensive uh, things are going over to Vegas here, not to knock Florida's defensive game. They've definitely improved that. It's why they got here as opposed to last year when they played that open style. But we look at the Vegas top power play unit. Chandler Stevenson, Marcia Show, and Stone on the wings. Eichel and Theater on the two points. You have Eric Stahl and Lusterinen uh, as the two forwards on the first penalty kill unit. Forsling and Gudis as the defensemen. The second unit, Barkov, Lundell with Stahl and Montour. I have to say I'm leaning towards Vegas here, Tom. Me too, but it's a lot closer. And I think if we include the goalies... I think you could say that this game, this series will not have a lot of power play goals. I think that it's closer than the, you know, I don't think Florida's power play is as good or even close to Vegas's penalty kill both units. But this, I look and I can make an argument, a solid argument for Florida, especially when you add on the fact of how good Bobrovsky has been playing uh, talent wise of the forwards or the players on the ice, not including the goalie. I, I would probably lean Vegas, but you, you got to account on a penalty kill. Your best penalty killer has to be your goalie. There's been no better goalie than Bobrovsky in the playoffs. And, you know, stall's been great. Lister has been great. Uh, they really did not allow Carolina to get their power play going in the Eastern Conference Final, probably one of the biggest reasons why uh, Florida swept them. So, yeah, I'm going to lean in this series uh, specifically because of Bobrovsky. I'll lean Florida. Uh, but if we're going to go players on the ice, not including the goalie, I think your argument in that Vegas has a slight advantage for sure talent-wise, but can't discount Bobrovsky. You're right, and they say your goalie is the most important penalty killer, and they were talking about this in the tail end of game six between Vegas and Dallas is if Aiden Hill is going to catch up to them as, you know, the competition is taking a step up by playing a team like Florida. Florida is better, I think, than both Dallas and Winnipeg. I won't say Edmonton, but you can argue Edmonton as well in terms of the two styles that they play, and Florida's a more complete team. I said this when we started doing the podcast during the wild card race and everything, that Florida is a complete team. They're dangerous, and it's easy to forget that they're coming off a season where they won the President's Trophy, and they got better by swapping out Huberto for uh, Matthew Kachuk. It was a very, very important move and pivotal for this team. True, you're on the nose with Florida, man. I got to give you the credit. Even going back to our our playoff preview when it was the Devils fighting the Hurricanes for the division, and I said you guys were crazy for not wanting to play a wild card team. Me saying the Islanders, you agree with me. Um, you but you said I don't want any part of Florida, which you were 100% right. I and you know, you. Uh, you can just see them getting hot. And if they got in, they had to have gotten hot. They had to have been one of the hotter teams. And I can't sit here and say that I predicted Bobrovsky would do this. But I, in the back of my mind, all I'm thinking about is that 2019 series against Tampa. Yeah. Bobrov- I want to see that round one. <laughs> exactly. That was the five overtime game, wasn't it? Yes. That was an amazing that, exactly. Series. That was the Bobrovsky was unbelievable. It was. That was the series that got Artemi Panarin into a Ranger jersey the next. I was going to say I, <laughs> and cost the... and cost a couple extra million dollars, and it probably would have had he not had a great series. 
Yeah. Or great well, season. I mean, that series alone is what made Bobrovsky and Panarin leave. Yes. <laughs> Although I think Tortorella was chasing the two of them out anyway. No, 100%. But, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's what Torts does. Good yep. luck, Philly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about goaltending here. Obviously, the advantage goes to Florida. There isn't really too much to tease there. I know Aiden Hill has been very good for Vegas, but he's had such great play in front of him. Not too many high danger chances, but when he has been tested, he's made the plays. You know, Tom, I do want to hear your thoughts on the goaltending, although we have pretty much been praising Bobrovsky this whole time, but I also (laughs) want to talk about coaching. Yeah. um... And Paul Maurice and Bruce Cassidy, because I think those are two good coaches and, I wonder if you think there's an advantage to one side. Well, goalie-wise, I think it's pretty clear. I think that the the uh, I lean towards Rorovsky heavily. Aiden Hill, very impressive. But to your point, when you have a decor like that playing in front of you, it's a, your job's a little easier compared to what Bobrovsky's faced, especially the teams that he's faced. All credit to Aiden Hill against Edmonton, you know, coming in, all that kind of stuff. But Dallas, not as strong, I would say, as Carolina. Uh and yeah, so just give me Bobrovsky. But the coaching, it's an interesting point. I would love to, t- to talk about that. Two great coaches. Two coaches that kind of fall under the radar. You ask a casual hockey fan, like top five coaches in the NHL, not many probably would put Paul Maurice or Bruce Cassidy on the list, especially the slander Cassidy got from leaving Boston. And then Maurice kind of being a retread coach, but just a, a hockey guy, but an older coach. He's been around our whole lives. You know, Paul Maurice was coaching when we were in elementary school and middle school, kind of like a Peter Laviolette and guys like that. But anyway, I digress again. Uh, I would say as crazy as it seems, I would lean towards Paul Maurice as in, if I'm, if I have to choose between one of the two coaches to be in a chess, uh, a chess match, and pulling strings and making the right choices and getting his team to play for him and not just relying on talent or one or one scheme. I think I lead Maurice. Maurice has got this something special going on with this group and it, that's hard to fight no matter how good you are on the other, on the other end. So uh, Maurice could make a big difference in this series because when, even if Florida goes down, they're not out because that locker room is tight. Maurice knows what to do, what changes to make in his lineup if he needs to, and what buttons to push, and he's been spot on all playoffs, so it's been impressive. It's really funny you say that because I feel the exact same way. I couldn't agree more. I think Bruce Cassidy, his scheme may be better, but he's not changing from it, and you've seen it bite Bruce Cassidy in the past with Boston. He doesn't adjust. He doesn't adjust in time, and... You know, yeah, it may be deceiving because things look a little bit closer than they maybe really are. We saw it in 21 against the Islanders. The Islanders pushed them back, and they didn't change. They didn't make the adjustments they needed to. But oftentimes with Boston, the reason why Bruce Cassidy would fail, it was because his stars, the, you know, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak line would just disappear. Yep. So Vegas... They're more balanced. I think this is a team that fits Bruce Cassidy more. I loved the hiring as soon as they brought him in. I thought it worked out perfectly for them. And Vegas has been very quick to say as soon as they see the coach they want, they'll just move off the guy and jump on who they want. 
Yeah, which is great for an organization that basically what, what Vegas needs to do is stay relevant for like and be in these situations for probably six, seven, eight years. And then they'll have a steady fan base. You know, if Vegas made the cup and then became one of the bottom dollars in the league, they could have just completely lost the fan base there. There's so much to do in Vegas. <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? But now they're building, they're building a reputation. And part of that is we can't stick on a retread coach that we see going in opposite direction. We see a guy we like. We're going to go grab them. And yeah, it was a great hire for Vegas because to your point, they're balanced and, it, and this system works. It's kind of like brought Brindamore in Carolina. He's got the players that fit his system. They'll be successful with them. But can they get over the hump? Because can they make the right changes? Can they get off of their system and pull the right buttons or be a little more motivational or make a lineup change that's a little aggressive? I haven't seen that from Bruce Cassidy. And if things get tight in the series and that, and there's comes a situation that calls for a change to be made, Maurice is going to call that button quicker and press that button quicker. That could lead to the series being flipped and honestly being won. So the coaching matchup is for sure always goes under the radar in hockey, uh, but is, and isn't talked about a lot as much, as much as let's say football or, or even a baseball manager making a bullpen change. But trust me, their decisions pregame and what they say pregame and in-game line movements play a huge role and can flip a series. So it, it'll be interesting to watch. Oh, big time, big time. And, you know, I equate Paul Maurice to a guy you've given a lot of praise to the last few weeks, and that's Lindy Ruff. Yeah. And they are neck and neck in the all-time wins total. <laughs> it's so true. So, it's like you get the right team. Hiring a guy like that isn't isn't mm-hmm. is isn't bad. I wish there was. That's why I know my team's not in the playoffs. But I, I'll just touch on this because it is a hot topic. That's why I kind of wouldn't mind Peter Laviolette because he's kind of fits that mold too. He just hasn't won like Lindy Ruff or Paul Maurice has, but he fits that mold. He's been in the league forever. That voice might be able to jolt the Rangers for a year or two when they have these contracts. And then when they might have to blow things up, that's when you might go younger and try to get a Spencer Carberry type or, or, or like try to fit the mold of a Cooper in Tampa Bay where it's, he has no head coaching experience, but he grows with the team. Like that's maybe not where the Rangers are at right now. They, they would need a Paul Maurice or a Lindy Ruff at this moment. And yeah, it's it's true. It's it's a move some teams make that it just fits perfectly and it's the right one to make. And some teams, you know, their GM and their front office do it and it leads to a Stanley Cup appearance. Some teams drop the ball and it leads to a complete demise of their team. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's, McPhee was McPhee was the perfect guy for Vegas to bring in. Yeah. He really was. And Without he has and it's shown because it wasn't even just the expansion draft. There aren't a lot of guys from that original expansion draft. The left. trades have been unbelievable. The trades exactly. he has spun, and they somehow still have a system that's good enough. I mean, the fact that they've <laughs> gone through as many goalies as they have, and they've gotten to this point. Look at what New Jersey went through last year. Everyone's like, "Oh, they just need a goalie. They just need a goalie." Well. Vegas went through six this year. And <laughs> it's so true. They're in the cup. <laughs> I will say this though: they are also master manipulators of the LTIR, and they've been extremely lucky in the LTIR. Well, and, uh, well, and also add the fact that they are, I believe, ten million over the cap. <laughs> yes, they are. Even with the long term IR. <laughs> exactly. They. I feel like the the NHL just set a rule: if you play in the playoffs 
with an LTI, if you're over the cap, you have to go into next year's cap that number lower than the rest of the NHL. Yeah. You, you, so basically, if you have 20 million on the long term IR, your cap is 20 million lower for next season. If you if you progress in the playoffs, like each round, like it's a percentage. So if you make the final mm-hmm. and win, you got to play 20 million dollars less the next year because the only reason why you can make an argument, the big reason why you won the cup was because you were playing 20 million over the cap compared to the team. Well, yeah, especially. I mean, the th- and in fairness, you have to get there. I yes, know Vegas long term IR stone, and you know, I mean, look, it, yeah, Vegas manipulates it, but it's it's not to the point that Tampa did. And even though Tampa did it, and I think it's the funniest thing because the Islander fans are the ones who complain the most about Tampa and the long term IR. Their general manager did it more than anyone. Well, that's typical <laughs> typical Islanders fans. Lou, I mean, and granted, he did it when he was in Jersey, but Lou (laughs) manipulated the long-term IR more than anyone, and he's the reason why it started and why they had to put in more limitations because of the whole Kovalchuk thing. Yeah. It was a a problem to even trade for Kovalchuk, let alone the extension. It's easy to forget how big of an issue it was, but we are kind of straying from the topic here. We are going to give our picks. So we have uh, two members, Ariana and Mike, who are not here, so we'll give their picks at the end. But, Tom, give us your reasoning and what you think this series plays out to. Florida in seven, and I think Florida wins game seven in overtime. I think for Florida's sake, this has been a magical run. I just can't go away from Vegas. I have bet against Vegas, I think, in the last – I bet against them in – Round two, I didn't take uh, Dallas last round, but for Vegas' standpoint, they proved to me once they beat Edmonton, there's not a team offensively that I think is going to be able to create. And while I said they haven't played a team like Florida yet, I don't think it's going to matter because Vegas can bring that physicality. It's not like that isn't a part of their game. Now, over to the other two for Mikey D he's got Vegas in seven. He is rocking with Vegas, just like I am. Although he's taking them in seven, I have Vegas in six. Ariana Ferris is going with Utah, Florida in seven. So we're split even two and two. And really this should be a great final. It should be. I'm excited. And hopefully I win some money on it too. Betting some goals, so, of Gonna say, let's see, let's see who who's the who's the first goal scorer. Who who do you have scoring the first goal the, of the cup? Let's the throw this out. Here. First goal scorer in the Stanley Cup Finals will be Carter Verhage. I'm going a different route. Jonathan Marsha show. Okay, I think two great. Picks. I mean, look, I will, I will look, put I, think, I will put a healthy wager on both of them. I think the big thing with Vegas is they're going to come out storming. I think they're going to. And this may be surprising. I think Vegas takes it to Florida to start. I think it's going to be Vegas who has the better start. And then I think Florida will need to settle in. I think you can only believe you're the underdog for so long, you know? Fair. It, I Good think point. they they're starting to feel people buy in. Vegas has scored first a lot. Both of these teams have scored first a lot in their games, which always fits you know it creates a confusing first goal scorer betting situation (laughs) because it it does but at the same time i mean look at the beginning of the carolina series carolina outplayed florida i think the first half of both of those first two games yep and you know florida i think for them they were coming off the high of rolling through toronto but they can always bounce back and when you have bobrovsky playing the way he is it keeps you in the hockey game exactly 
that is going to do it for us. Our last episode before the Stanley Cup final. We'll have another episode out. It'll be in between games two and three out on our normal day, Thursday next week once again. Ben Mandel with you, Tom. Thanks for coming on. Make sure you check us out at outsidersports.net. We'll have our picks as well as the Stanley Cup playoff preview up shortly before it opens up on Saturday. Also, check out the other sports we have covering. We have football and baseball blogs up there. Check out the other podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at OutsiderSports3. Make sure you find us on YouTube and TikTok by searching Outsider Sports. And as always, have a good week and enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm.